right, and welcome in, hockey fans in the desert southwest, to another edition, another episode of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. A beautiful June night here in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. You got Scott Strandy with you here. My co-host Stephen Marsh is joining us as always from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. So let's jump into it, Stephen. How are you tonight? I'm doing well, Scott. Uh, you know, we're we're talking uh, ASU. Uh, hockey tonight with uh, Coach Tate, and I thought, well, we had the MLB draft tonight, and uh, we should congratulate uh, Spencer Torkelson from ASU Baseball, drafted number one today by the uh, Detroit Tigers, so congratulations to him. Even though this is a hockey show, I thought we would mention that since it is ASU-related. Great way to start. The uh, the Torque Bomb headed to play for the Detroit Tigers. Uh, if you've ever seen him play, I went to see one game just to hear and just to see what that kid was all about, and he did not disappoint. He can hit the baseball. So uh, congratulations to Spencer Torkelson and everybody over at ASU. That's a, a great honor when you have a, a number one overall draft pick in Major League Baseball. As you said, we are talking uh, club hockey tonight. We have uh, the head coach of the Arizona State ACHA D1 program, Tate Green joining us. So we're going to have a chance to catch up with Tate. We haven't talked uh, since the uh, the pandemic hit. I know he's been busy doing stuff. I know he's got a new coach at the uh, head coach at the D2 level. I know he's been out recruiting like crazy. I know all of those things, but we'll, we'll talk to him about a little bit of everything tonight, Stephen. So uh, it's going to be a great show. Should be. Yeah. It'll be good to hear from, from uh, coach Tate Green and, you know, we'll hear, hopefully hear his thoughts about how the pandemic has affected his, his club and stuff. But, uh, you know, as every team has been impacted by that during this, these times. But uh, we'll be uh, look forward to having, having him on the show and, and getting his perspective on things. Well, you know, we've talked to the other coaches, right? And, and I've kind of joked with all of them saying, I think there's an arms race going on in ACHA D1 hockey because everybody's adding talent. Um, Everybody wants to get better, uh, like every team does. But, man, oh, man, the talent we've seen at UNLV, the talent we've seen uh, on paper coming into uh, University of Arizona, the uh, talent we have seen on paper at Grand Canyon, uh, it's going to be fun to see what Tate's got. I know last year he had like 128 guys try out for the program. Um, that, that in itself is amazing. But uh, to be able to weed through that and come up with a team, he, uh, he had a club that was going to get into the national tournament, just like UNLV, just like U of A, uh, and weren't able to, uh, to participate, obviously. So I'm sure there was some disappointment. And, uh, you know, Tate's situation is a little different, Stephen. Uh, UNLV is the big dog on campus. U of A is the big dog on campus. Grand Canyon is the big dog on campus. But ASU even though they've won a national championship, is still kind of the, the little brother to the NCAA program. So we'll talk a little bit about what Tate's doing to, uh, to make sure that we get the, uh, uh, the whole scoop on what it's like to work in the, uh, the ASU program. We'll get to him in just a couple of minutes. Um, before that, though, I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in, in Vegas again because yeah, the drawings came out today for the AHL affiliate up there, and I thought, wow. I mean, it just never ceases to amaze me what happens up there. But your thoughts on the uh, the drawings up there before we get to Coach Green? Uh, yes, yeah. You know, I, I I saw those and I couldn't uh, I couldn't believe you know exactly you know that was was really cool to kind of see what they are planning to do because you know you hear about okay this is where they're going to put the arena this is where the the side of the going and I guess it was a little bit of a of a contest uh, different contractors and stuff I guess groups to put an input about what their vision for what they wanted to see with that in connection with the team. And I guess the, the, the winners were unveiled there and, and they, they did unveil the renderings and it's, it looks really, really, really cool. And what they said is going to be neat is the, um, the highest point of the building won't go any higher than where the, the canopy used to sit for the pavilion that was uh, blown off in, in a storm, but that they won't be like, you know, the ISO kids, I think people worry about that neighborhood. If, the, if it's going to be a little bit taller building, you know, they're going to, they're going to build down beneath. And going to work down beneath up until the point of where, where the uh, pavilion used to sit with the height of that. So that's going to be that's going to be cool. But I'm looking at the pictures here that uh, you know that Jesse Granger tweeted out on his account, and and yeah, it's it looks really really nice. I mean, that, I mean that's just going to be so so cool to to hang out there, and and I think that's the idea is people can hang out there even when they're not a game, they can kind of hang out in that little area out there in front, and 
the suites look really nice and the, and the seating looks really cool. It's, you know, it's going to be obviously home to the Silver Knights, but also going to be a lot of other events that they hope they can get in there with, uh, you know, maybe concerts and, and the, certainly that's the, one of the aspects is the, you know, having uh, the, the Henderson Symphony uh, will we'll use that as their home as this building used to be their home and, and just other concerts and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's going to make another really cool venue for, for things to happen here in, in, in Southern Nevada and Henderson in addition to stuff that you know, down on the strip and at the Orleans and everything. And you know, as I always say, the more ice sheet, the better. So speaking of ice sheets, let's jump in and, and enter uh, a new realm here with Arizona State Hockey and bring in the head coach, Tate Green, from the Arizona State Sun Devils ACHA D1 program. Coach Green, you got Scott and Steven with you tonight. How are you and uh, how are things? Uh, Scott, Steven, I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, I appreciate that. And um... Yeah, it's another beautiful day in paradise here, sunset, <laughs> uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I, I, can, I can totally agree with you on that one, Coach. We haven't talked since, uh, since everything broke back in March. I know you guys had qualified for the national tournament. We were looking forward to seeing you in Dallas. Just start by telling us a little bit about the disappointment that, that you and the guys felt after how hard you worked all season long. Um. You know what, Scott? It was uh, it, it it was a really crazy roller coaster we had in in the span of like two weeks, where uh, we went into U of A our last weekend of the season. Um, we knew we had a chance to to bring our trophy back home. Um, you know, we knew we were on the cusp of of a national tournament bid, but the, the most important thing for us was to win the series with U of A. And, you know, we, we got uh, just kicked in the teeth there. Um, just a couple heartbreaking losses. Um, and so we, we kind of thought our season was over and done at that point. We, we had lost uh, two to U of A. We lost our trophy. We were, we were out of uh, nationals. And then all of a sudden, uh, a couple of days later, I get a call um, from the commissioner saying, Hey, we, we want to invite you guys to nationals. You finished 18th. And so everybody's all back excited. We had a couple, uh, really good skates. Everybody's rolling, ready to go. Uh, we start fundraising, you know, trying to, trying to, uh, uh, get the money to, to go to Dallas. And then it was it four or five days later, I get another call saying, sorry, man, you're not, we're not having nationals. So, uh, we, we, we ran the whole uh, circuit there. Like I said, over a, a course of about a week and a half, we were crushed. We were excited. And then we were crushed again. <laughs> Coach, you know, we've talked to several players and coaches uh, over the last uh, couple of months. And, and, and tell me if you think this is kind of the way the scenario played out for your guys as well. It seemed like the first couple of weeks, it was purely disbelief and shock and people just couldn't believe this was happening. And then it went to maybe three or four weeks of, uh, of kind of bitterness. They were like, you know, you know they, they were upset over the fact that they, they weren't playing, but they realized that other teams weren't playing either, so they kind of reconciled it. But then about week uh, eight or so of this pandemic, guys started to get a little itchy. It's like, hey, when can we get back on the ice again? When can we start practicing, working out? Uh, what's our season going to be like next year? Is that kind of the way it played out for you guys as well? You know, I, I think the, yeah, the, the, the anger and the uh, disappointment was, was heavy for several weeks after it was announced, you know, um, we really thought we were, we were doing something good. We were heading in a good direction, uh, even without the, the loss to C of A. Um, and so we were really really focused on that uh, going to nationals it's something we talked about all year so when 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 that was canceled i think the uh anger and and uh and whatnot kind of carried with us for for a few weeks and uh probably within the last month yes i, I guys have started coming back around and be like okay um enough's enough we know this nothing is going to happen let's let's start getting ready for next year uh, can we get some ice? Where can we get a, you know, what can we do, et cetera. Uh, and so guys are back into it now. Everybody's focused on the upcoming season. We, you know, we're, we're planning to open as scheduled and, and uh, do things as normal. Uh, but definitely that first month, man, uh, 
our, our guys were pretty crushed and, and nobody really wanted to be around the rink at all. I hear you, Stephen. Got a couple of questions there for Coach. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, Coach, I want to I want to talk about uh, you know the, your season as a whole. I you know if, if there was an if there was an award for for a comeback team of the season, I I, I would think it would you guys would certainly been in the running because you look at the season before the one we just finished and, and you guys obviously didn't perform how you guys would have liked. Only seven wins, twenty nine losses or eight wins, and then last season you guys had a Turn almost turn it turn it around almost a complete 180 17 or 20 over 20 wins and only 11 losses in the regulation and uh, how do you what do you contribute that big turnaround to I, I, from what I understand you guys had a lot of players try out for you guys the season prior but um, you know just what you guys were able to to do from this past season and then you know how you're able to turn it around from the season before. Well, Stephen, a couple things happened. Um, one, obviously, we had a lot more kids coming to try out. And so with uh, more kids trying out, you, you're going to find more talent. Um, but the second thing would be uh, uh, the culture in the room changed and, and guys kind of bought into we want to be D1 hockey players and we want to be a national champion. Uh, and then the third thing is obviously we brought in a lot more talent. <laughs> you know, we had three freshmen finish in the top 60 in the nation in scoring. Um, that's that that's going to make a, a big improvement in your team, no matter where you started, right? Uh, so there, there's several factors involved. The uh, the end of the day, we got a bunch of good kids in the program right now that know what it means to represent ASU, know what it means to represent ASU hockey, um, and and they want to be here and they they want to be successful, so they're willing to put in the work to be that way. Okay, so last year, Coach, you had 120-some-plus uh, kids trying out, and, and I joke with you, I don't know where you put them all, and able to, uh, to get them on the ice and evaluate them, but obviously you were able to do that because you came up with a great roster. So the, the next obvious question, I guess, would be, what, what's the plan for this year, uh, COVID-affected and, and looking to, ahead, hoping that everything rolls as plans? How, how many more kids do you think are coming in this year? Um, well, Scott, I, I'm not sure the exact number. Um, I know that we do plan on adding a third team. Um, so we, we intend to, to have a D1, a D2, and a D3. Uh, the, the scheduling with the D3 is, is going to be a little difficult right now, depending on what other schools are doing. Um, but we're, we're, we're moving full ahead. Uh, ASU has told me that kids will be on campus in the fall, um, that we, we're, allowed to, to proceed as normal. Um, you know, recruiting wise, the kids that we're talking to, that we're telling them the same thing, um, you know, and, and uh, we're, we're just going full steam ahead. It, it doesn't, uh, we, we had, I guess what, what didn't get seen last year was we had a third team that actually we call our prospect team. They played in a uh, local men's league. They skated against uh, local 18U travel teams. Uh, and then we actually got them a series with the NAU D3 team, which they split. Uh, so we've got a third team that's a, a core group that's already established. Uh, so we're going to put them in, into uh, the fire this year. And, and if I, I don't know, I, I'm not uh, an expert on this, but I feel like if, if we have three teams here uh, playing ACHA at ASU and we've got an NCAA team and we've got a women's team, I'm not sure there's many colleges anywhere in <laughs> North America that have more college hockey players than we do. I would totally agree with you, Stephen. You got another one? Yeah, you know, to follow up on that, you know, you talk about, you know, you're talking about adding a D3 team, and, and there's so much hockey there in Arizona, and particularly in, in Tempe, as you mentioned, with the NCAA program and you guys, and then the D2 to D3, and then you got a women's. How tough? I mean, how does how does that balance? I mean, you know, you know, trying to get attention to bring to bring players to come to your team or to get uh, uh, fans to, to come and support you guys because I'm just, you know there's a lot of support for the NCAA program and then you know and then you got you guys and then the D two and the D three like you know I mean there's I mean there's just is it is it a challenge to like get attention for for you guys over all the other choices oh, yeah. or is it pretty easy? No, uh, no, no, without a doubt, Stephen, it's very difficult, and we we know that we don't. We don't. When we set our budgets at the beginning of the year, we do not plan on uh, what we get in attendance at games. We do not uh, budget for we're going to make this many uh, dollars at particular games because uh, it's it's just not there. Um, 
and the, the, the key thing for us is that kids come to Arizona state first and foremost to get an outstanding degree. You know, they're, they're going to get walk out of here with a degree and represent a university that has the largest alumni association in the world. You know, these kids are going to be able to go get jobs anywhere they want to uh, when they're done. And so that's, that's the first reason why so many kids come here. Okay. Second thing would be, uh, we've got a great hockey program and they're going to be able to compete at a, the highest level of their ability. Um, you know, and they're going to be able to represent their university. And then, you know, to your point about the, the, the support, uh, we have to get creative, you know, our kids have to fundraise. Uh, uh, I would imagine nobody else in the Southwest has higher player dues or team dues than we do, but it's, that's what we have to charge to, to be able to travel and to be able to play these games. So our kids have to get creative with fundraising and, and uh, getting out to the, the local restaurants and, and trying to get a discount night where we get 20% off a bill or uh, getting out into the community and doing different things to generate our own, uh, you know, sort of following or support. Uh, we're, we're clearly the NCAA team is, is king here. You know, they're the, they're the king in the West right now, in my opinion, when it comes to college hockey. Uh, so we have to find our own ways. We have to be a little creative and a little uh, unique and, and make our own money and make our own support. Coach, and uh, I know you had some news off the ice as well. You have a new D2 coach, which uh, comes to you with a lot of experience and some, some professional games under his belt as well. So tell us about your new D2 coach. Yeah, Joe is uh, Joe, and I have been friends for a while. Uh, I do a lot of work with the uh, Arizona High School Hockey Association. Joe has been a, a coach there for one of our co- uh, our schools, Notre Dame Prep, for a long time. So I've worked with him a lot. Um, he's a great guy. He's very committed to college hockey and to higher levels. Um, you know, he, he's going to be a huge addition for us uh, with our D two team. Uh, and just for, for the program in general, uh, with the knowledge and the experience that he brings in, um, you know, I, I, I look at my D2 team, I kind of look at it as like a JV team. I want those guys to be developed and, and uh, taught the right way so that maybe they play D, uh, D2 for a year or two. But now this year when we have an open tryout, they're competing for a G, uh, D1 job. Um, you know, I don't have to go out and find high end recruits when I'm, I'm grooming them in house, so to speak. And I think Joe is going to do that for us. Uh, I'm really excited to bring him on. Um, he, he's like I said, he's going to be a great addition for us. Steven, you got another one over there for coach. Yes. Uh, you know, I want to, I want to ask you this because, uh, you know, I'm based out here in Las Vegas, obviously I do a lot with the UNLV program and, and, this they came out with their schedule and on the on the schedule uh, is you guys here for their midnight game. They're going to do their first ever midnight game here in Las Vegas. So tell me that what that process was like. Um, you know, agreeing to do that midnight game here in Vegas and and what that will be like to experience that here in Vegas uh, this season, this upcoming season. Uh, well, you know what, it, it's <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, uh, Anthony and I uh, we've worked together, or you know for a long time now when we were both at D2 and uh, he's a great guy. And, and we had set the schedule for a Friday, Saturday. And, um, you know, then he came back to me about a month ago saying, Hey, is there any chance you guys would be willing to, to do this midnight game? And I'm like, a midnight game. <laughs> like that's something we do at D2 because there's no ice to be bought. Right. Um, but he said uh, it, it was a, it was a big thing that used to happen, I guess, with the, the minor league, yeah, yeah, the Las Vegas Wranglers. Yeah, they used to do a midnight yeah, game. Okay. Yeah, there you go. And and he yeah. said it was a great experience for them. They wanted to try and and uh, uh, recreate that. And so, you know, I talked to my guys about it, and they were like, "Yeah, it sounds awesome. Let's do it." And, uh, so we agreed to it. It was like I said, it, it caught me off guard because it's something. I mean, I've had eleven thirty start times in D two. Uh, but there was only <laughs> four people in the building watching, you know. Right. <laughs> so this this midnight game where where a bunch of people are supposedly going to show up, uh, it sounds like a great idea. Let's get after it. Let's try it. 
and it's so and it's so Vegas, right? I mean, you know, oh, Vegas is a twenty-four-hour town. <laughs> you know, they're going to do a midnight game. You know, Liberty, where they're going to start the season, they're going to do a min- they do a midnight game there, so they want to do one here. And it's cool that you guys are going to participate in that too. So that should be fun. Yep. No, it's uh, it sounds like a great experience, and and again, it's uh, yeah, it's Vegas. That's that what what goes on in Vegas. So let's uh, let's <laughs> do our part to be uh, uh, a part of it, right? Yeah, coach. Uh, you know, I've been talking with the other coaches as well, and I said I don't know in the five years that we've been doing this that uh, I would have ever have expected the growth and the talent level and the compete level of our ACHA D one teams. Uh, like we're going to see this year. Uh, we got UNLV and we have uh, Utah. We have Grand Canyon coming into the conference, which uh, makes it a little bit more um, homegrown, homegrown type of conference, a little less travel maybe. But tell me a little bit about what you think about uh, just the way everybody's raised the bar, if you will, to uh, compete against each other right here in the desert southwest. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, you know, everybody has gotten stronger. Everybody is uh... – is getting better and the 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 part you brought up about travel yeah that's that saves us a ton of money um not having to go all over the place and being able to do bus rides instead of planes is uh is great for our budget um you know and and, and, but to me it's just a sign of where acha d1 hockey is going across the board uh you know i've had in the last i would say week I've had two European professional coaches and a European uh, uh, player agent reach out to me asking for players, uh, uh, you know, if they're interested in playing pro hockey somewhere. Um, so I, I feel like ACHAD1 hockey is just getting so big and so strong. Uh, it was only a matter of time that it, it filtered over into the, the Southwest. And, uh, you know, it's there's good hockey players coming out here now, like, that want to be um, at a great university and they want to play competitive hockey, but they don't want the the grind of an NCAA division three, or they don't want to sit on the bench for an NCAA D one team. Um, and, and so ACHA is a great option for them. And uh, yeah, it, it's just blowing up across the board everywhere in the country. I think uh, ACHA is gaining more re- recognition and uh, you're going to see it keep growing here in the Southwest. Coach, we had uh, Commissioner Chris Perry on with us uh, six weeks ago, something like that, and uh, he, you could tell just even over, uh, over the radio waves of his voice that he was just beaming about how much, excited, how much excitement he has for the desert Southwest. And, and I asked him a point-blank question. I said, uh, Chris, do you think there's any way that we could, you know, we would have had three teams uh, – going to nationals this year i said is there any way we could get four teams in the desert southwest in the national tournament or will the competition kind of beat each other up and he said no i really think we can get four teams at some point maybe not this year but at some point into the national tournament is that the way you kind of think too with the competition level you're you're going to be competing with such talented teams um i mean yeah i i guess uh you know, our, our approach is obviously just win as many games as possible. We don't care who we're playing, um, you know, and, and let everybody else uh, try to get themselves in. But, you know, yeah, it, it's realistic that, that four teams from the Southwest could get in. Um, I think it would be great for hockey down here. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of, of trying to uh, – expose or grow or whatever you want to say, get more hockey out here and, the, and more people to recognize it. And I think having four teams go to a national tournament would definitely open some eyes and uh, turn some heads. Um, but it's, you know, I, I can't, uh, I don't know. I can't control what everybody else does. I'm just trying to win games. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I would be, I would be completely happy if I was the only team in the Southwest that was going to the nationals. Like, I, I don't, uh, I, I just want to win games for ASU. Um, the rest of them, if they can all be successful, great. I support them. Good for them, but uh, don't look for any uh, help from us at ASU. <laughs> now, now I know you well enough to know how important that Cactus Cup is, and I know it was heartbreaking for you uh, to uh, 
to come up just short this year. And, and I'm guessing that that's something that was at the top of your checklist uh, going into this off season and preparing for next season. Just tell the people out there just how important that is. You've told me before, but tell everybody out there how important it is for Arizona State to cap- capture that Cactus Cup. Well, yeah, it, it's, uh, it goes across uh, all sports at ASU and, and anything we do at ASU. Uh, we want to prove uh, or show that we are a better university than, than those down south. Um, there, there's history there where the people down south tried to downplay ASU and, and not think they were worthy of, of being a university. And so it's, it's been a 100-year a battle now of, of proving them wrong. And, and ACHA hockey is no different. We, we will show them that we are a better school. We are a better hockey team. Um, and, and this year, you know, we, we thought we were on the right track for it. Um, but, you know, credit to, to Coach Berman and credit to the guys at U of A. They've been through that battle before. They, they knew how to handle it and how to take it and how to uh, persevere, uh, was it persevere. There's the word I'm looking for. Um, and, you know, our guys the last year or two years ago, whatnot, they, they swept us eight times. Our guys really didn't get a feel for the rivalry. This last year we were able to split with them, and our guys got a feel for it. And, and when we left the locker room, our last skate, it was still talking about the U of A and start preparing for that, uh, you know, as soon as we get back to school we are ready for U of A and, and we will not let this happen again. And, you know, it's, it's a legacy that coach powers built. We respect him. We, we, we respect everything he's done for us and, and we will, uh, we will bring that trophy back and, and we will do everything we can to, to make sure it happens. Steven, you got another one for coach? Sure. Uh, let's, I want to talk about your roster a little bit, you know, last, last season, uh, you know, you were with your roster and like, what, what are the, this off season, how, what do you expect from your roster? Are you going to have the same complement of players? How many do you expect to return? You know, how many you expect the new ones? Obviously, you might have a lot of people trying out again this year, but you know, is it too early to say? Or, or do you, how do you see uh, make no, up your roster? No, I, I I can give you a, a little insight onto that, Stephen. Um, you know, we 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 had one senior graduate, um, Austin Palumbo, who was our our club president. He was one of our captains. He's uh, Scott, you know what he meant to our program and how long he's been here with us. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, as it, it, sad as we're, we are to see Austin leave, we're, we're happy that he's the only one leaving, uh, only senior leaving. Uh, Zach Walchuk has uh, decided to come back for a fifth year. Um, so anytime you have a top two defenseman <laughs> want to come back for a fifth year, <laughs> that's, that's a big help. Uh, and then, then we, we did lose uh, one of our goalies, Everett Yazinski. Uh, he was a transfer from Iowa State. Uh, he had to retire due to injury. Um, but everybody else is, uh, is coming back. They've all told me they're coming back. Uh, at the same time, I've got about uh, 23, 24 D2 players that I'm expecting to come back. Uh, those kids uh, all have a shot to play D1 next year as well. Um, as you can tell from last season, I'm, I'm not afraid to cut a guy that plays for me for one year. Um, <laughs> so everybody knows that uh, it, it's an open compete job. Uh, the best 30 players that show up in August are going to play D1 hockey for us. You know, and, and it goes for our recruits. Um, I know we, we're not like the other universities that post uh, a lot of things about this kid coming or that kid coming. Uh, we do have kids coming. We will make an announcement, but at the same time, all our kids, uh, D1 and D2 and, and even our D3, know August is an open tryout, and the 30 best hockey players that show up is, is who's going to make it. Um, you know, I, I loved, I really, really loved our team this last year. They were a great group of guys. They, they were really tight. They were close-knit. They liked to hang out with each other. They liked to show up at the rink and practice. Uh, even on bad days, they, they all enjoy being around each other. And to have, you know, 75% of our team be freshmen last year and be successful and still like being around each other, you know, I, if I didn't have any recruits coming in, I'd be happy going into this season with the same team I had because they're going to be bigger, stronger, smarter. They're going to know how to deal with situations like the U of A thing. 
um, you know, and, and then at the same time, I know I've got a bunch of D2 guys that, that all want to play D1 as well. So uh, we're excited. I, it's our roster, I think, is we're going to be stronger. Uh, the recruits we have coming in um, are going to make us stronger. But at the same time, I know our guys are working hard, whether they were D1, D2, or prospects last year. They're working hard because they know they have a, an open shot to play D1 this year. And I want to also talk about a particular person that you, you're probably excited to have back is your goaltender, Bronson Moore, a local kid, of course. And, uh, and you know, even in, even in the season prior to before when, when you guys maybe didn't perform as well, he was still great. I mean, I, every time I've seen him play UNLV, he's always a, a, a gives him his best in the net and keeps you guys in, the, in, in every game just about. Uh, talk about him a little bit and, and how excited, you know, to see him again on the ice this upcoming season and, and what he's been – for what he's what he's meant for you guys in, in the program there at uh, ASU. Uh, Bronson has, um, man, I, I don't, <laughs> I, I I probably I I'll reserve saying everything about him until he, <laughs> he leaves us. But right. <laughs> that kid, that kid has meant um, a lot to me, and yeah. and what I've what what our program has been able to do over the last two years. A big, big portion of that is because of Bronson. I, I you know, no, no holds or no questions at all. Uh, the only ch- reason we had chances to win games uh, two years ago was because of Bronson. Um, the reason that we were able to finally get over that hump and win more games, win close games this year, was because of Bronson. Um, he's obviously a great goaltender, but beyond that, the the kid is just. Uh, He's dynamite in the locker room. He's he's a just a really good kid. He's a great student. He's extremely smart. He's going to be very successful uh, in the medical field once he leaves us. Um, you know, the the, the kid is uh, what every coach at any level. He's the kid that you want. The fact that he's a goalie and gives us a chance to win every night. Uh, yeah, I I will always be grateful for what Bronson's done for us here. <laughs> Coach, and you also have a lot of speed and a lot of offensive talent that really – you already talked about the freshmen and, and that you had that were up in the top 60 in scoring, but uh, how, how do you improve on that? I mean, that's about as good as it gets, right? I mean, those guys could do everything. Well, I, I think the way we improve is, is those guys are going to – they're going to mature and they're going to get smarter. Um, you know, all of them that I – when we did our, our postseason – exit interviews, you know, they, they, they all went through roller coasters uh, throughout the season of ups and downs, which is normal when you're a freshman and it's your first time playing uh, high level college hockey. Those guys, every one of them, I mean, we had three in the top 60, but I have uh, what three or two more forwards that, that would have been there had they played every game uh, without injury. Um, You know, we, we got a bunch of guys that are that are going to get stronger, more mature, and smarter, and they're going to understand the game and know what it's like to go on a long road trip, understand what it's like to have a, a three-game weekend series. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a difficult thing for a freshman. I don't care what level of junior you played. Um, it, it's, it's a difficult thing your first year of college to balance school, to balance hockey, to balance your social life and everything else. Your, you know, your family life, um, these guys are all going to gain from what they learned this year, and they're going to be better down the road. And, and man, who knows how far these guys could take it. With, with the offense that they already put up, getting bigger, stronger, smarter, and, and faster, and uh, everything like that, uh, it, it could be a deadly group. Coach, what I'm uh, most looking forward to seeing this year is, last year you guys had a cowboy hat, that uh, the guys got together to symbolize going to Dallas. What's it going to be this year when we're going to New England and Boston? And uh, have the guys come up with anything yet, or is that something they're going to come up with at the start of the season? No, I'll, I'll leave that to the guys. They, they can decide that <laughs> at the start. I can tell you what I think it should be is a dollar sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. Oh, my God. Is that going to cost some money? Make me uh, fly out. Southwest doesn't go to Boston. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, that's yeah, not... it's it's going to be an expensive trip. That's that's all I see about Boston is is just <laughs> money going out the door. Like, oh man! Right now, it probably be right now it probably be cheap to fly there with the pandemic. But hopefully, by then the pandemic's <laughs> yeah. over. Over that, things will be back to where they were, and it'll be super expensive to fly again. Yeah, no, they're not going to let me buy. Uh, they're not going to let me buy plane tickets for. Uh, uh, April of next year, Stephen. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Coach, we'll let you go on two things. Uh, the first one I want is to uh, to tell us a little bit about uh, the, the the way the ACHA National Tournament is set up. I mean, you had a taste of just about being able to be there last year, and you know, Coach Powers has told us all how difficult that is. He thinks it's the most difficult tournament. Uh, how do you prepare mentally uh, for a tournament like that? That's part one. And then part two, finish it up by just telling everybody out there a little bit about your background. I know you're native Minnesotan like myself, but tell everybody uh, uh, what Tate Green is all about. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, you know, the, the national tournament, Scott, that was, um, you know, I guess mentally preparing for it. Uh, you, I think we all learned uh, as a team here at ASU this year, uh, the mental strength that it takes, you know, you, you can't uh, go into a three game weekend and take a night off um, on the road. You, you have to figure out how to get it all together every night. Um, and that, that was a big step for our guys. I think, like I told you with, with our younger offensive weapons, like uh, Brendan studio, so Clayton lackey and, and Elliot Plurd, you know, those guys kind of had to learn, how to maintain it for three nights at the high level. Um, and so that should help us going forward with nationals. Um, the other thing I think that we, we also kind of preach on is, is let's just take care of the next 60 minutes. You know, every night we talk about our, the, what the next 60 minutes we have in front of us. If, if we can win that 60 minutes and it doesn't matter what we get tomorrow, or whether it's eight hours or nine hours, we'll worry about that 60 minutes then. Um, I think we got a good taste of that this year and, and got a, a feel for uh, the mental. I, I, physically, I, I know we can handle it. it. It's the mental aspect of it, of going into a grind, you know, play against a team like U of A where it's, it's going to be a lot of uh, – uh, physical play and guys punching each other in the mouth and having to keep your cool and having to battle through things, um, you know, battle through close games and overtimes and stuff like that. Those are all little things that are going to help us when it gets to a national tournament. And, um, you know, hopefully now with, with the conference and having the more teams, we're going to have more competitive games, which will obviously then prepare us. If, if we have five, six teams in the West that are, nationally ranked and we know every weekend and we're going into a battle uh that will prepare us for you know a national tournament um the second part of your question is, scott <laughs> i know you're trying to skate on me yeah, on that one but yeah, but i know we got listeners around minnesota we got them all oh, over yeah. the all over the place <laughs> they all want to hear from you so so first of yeah. all how how have things gone for you because i know your life is hockey and uh, with the pandemic and the rinks being shut down for 13, 14 weeks, whatever the heck it's been, uh, how are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing all right. Uh, thanks. Uh, obviously, the end of my season got a little messed up. Uh, having the ACHA Nationals canceled. Um, I'm also the hockey director for Arizona High School Hockey. And so um, – I, I run a showcase team, which goes to a national tournament that got canceled. Um, everything I was supposed to be on the road. I had schedules uh, every week in April. I was not going to be in Phoenix. I was somewhere else with hockey. <laughs> All that kind of got canceled. Uh, the, the, the good side of it was my parents are snowbirds. Um, they were out here. So I was able to spend some time with them that I normally would not have gotten to do. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, other than that, you know, with, with the high school stuff and with, with recruiting and, and uh, scheduling and, and uh, planning, you know, everything I'm 
doing right now seems to have like three different plans. Okay. Here's the, we're, if we can go on as scheduled and then there's plan B and there's plan C. <laughs> so yeah, uh, just a lot of, of planning and, and scheduling and stuff and getting things ready for next year, trying to prepare for next year, whether it's uh, my high school stuff or my college stuff. Uh, it's all kept me pretty busy. So um, I, I, I've not put on any extra weight. Um, <laughs> well, then you're a lucky one because if yeah, you see no, me right yeah. now, I've got an extra 10, 15 pounds right here. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've, I've been able to uh, stay active and, and, uh, it, and you know, I, I get to the rink uh, a couple times a week just to try to maintain a normal schedule. And, and uh, you know, there, there's a chance that I, I may know somebody here or there at the rink that I, I may have been able to jump on the ice. I'm not saying that happened, but... <laughs> Um, you know, I, I, I have not gone completely uh, without hockey. Let's put that way. <laughs> Coach, I appreciate you jumping on with us tonight. Uh, last week we had uh, uh, the schedule reveal for UNLV. So when you guys are ready to reveal that schedule, we want to bring you back on again with one of your players, either your captain or your goalie or whoever you yeah. want to bring on and, and walk through that schedule for us, if you will. Uh, UNLV had just a great time talking about it, so we want to ask you to get a chance to uh, talk about that schedule week by week. We've already teased a little bit the midnight game in Vegas, but uh, we'll get back to you. So thanks so much for joining us. Uh, best of luck this season. It's going to be a great year for uh, ACHA1 hockey. Fingers crossed that everything gets started on time and we are able to, uh, to play the games we'd like to play them. Yeah, no kidding. I, I'm with you there. Let's uh, let's fingers crossed we, we get everything off uh, – as, as uh, normal as possible. <laughs> All right. But uh, Scott, Scott, Stephen, uh, thank you very much for having me on. And uh, you guys take care, stay healthy, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. We'll do. That's Coach Tate Green with the Arizona State ACHA D1 program. Lots of exciting things happen at Arizona State, like everywhere else uh, around the desert southwest. So, we, by, uh, the, think, by the way, uh, say that five times faster. ASU, <laughs> A-C-H-A, D-1. I've heard you say that about three or four times. It's amazing you've been able to say it. <laughs> Do you have any idea how many times I practice that? <laughs> but, there, but he's right, though, because there's so many different teams. you got to make decisions because you got the NCAA program there, mentioned, right? And you got the D-1, right. D-2, the D-3. So you have to say it like that so people know which team we're talking about. But it's just right. it's a mouthful to say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely it is. Okay. Um, Let's uh let's take a quick break here in just a minute, uh, and we'll come back and we'll talk uh, a little bit more about ACHA hockey and, and things going on. So uh, one quick break, and Stephen and I will be back with you to wrap up another episode of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Hi, everybody. This is Jay from OxyPal. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from sports gear and, and your gym and all that stuff. Um, in, in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line. It's called our Have a Nice Day Hand Sanitizer. Um, it is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other uh, products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and, and, and gear. Uh, this product is available here at my shop. It's available on my website at www.oxypow.com. And you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that Fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. 
And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long workday. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill, pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. We find your prime with M-Drive. All right, we're back. Scott Strandy in Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Stephen Marsh, joining us from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, the lights are back on. The casinos opened up last week. Uh, what's it like to have life somewhat back to normal in Las Vegas, Nevada? Well, it's uh, it's it's great. I mean, I, I it's amazing that it's already people are already uh, flocking here. I guess I shouldn't be surprised. There's a lot of people, you know, when people have been, cooped up at home for two months and, you know, and they want to get a chance to, to get out and, and to experience uh, Vegas again. Uh, it's a little uh, concerning. You look at some of the hotels on the strip and, and there's already like when it opened up, there's already like crowds of people and, and you wonder a little bit uh, about, you know, the virus still, but it is nice to see that people are, are, are coming back to, to, to Vegas and it's, it's thriving again at a lot of hotels that, haven't opened yet. They've, they're, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They've uh, moved up their reopening dates because the demand has been so high. It's like Caesars properties and MGM properties. You know, they opened up a few of their hotels and they were going to phase into the other ones, but because there's been such a high demand and because of the restrictions, I think they can only have a certain amount of capacity in the hotels and stuff. Still, then they're able. They they've got. They're going to move up some of the openings of the other hotels to sooner. So yeah, Vegas is is doing well. Just. For people can do, we can be safe about it and, and and take the precautions. And a lot of the hotels have done a good job of of doing that with the distancing of the tables. They have a lot of sanitizing stations. MGM properties, I believe, have even set up hand washing stations, so you don't even have to go into the bathroom to wash your hands. They've got like a station that just has some sinks, and you can wash your hands right there on the casino floor. And they have masks and gloves that you can take and wear throughout the hotel if you choose. So, um, and hopefully people will utilize that because uh, it's it's if we can be safe, then we can keep things open, and we can even get to be open more instead of, you know, where we're seeing in other places where things are starting to spike up again and you're concerned of whether we're going to have to go back to being shut down again or, or what the what the concern is there because there the virus is still out there. Even though we're getting to the summer, the virus is still there and, and we have to be uh, continue to be uh, prudent about it and, and, and aware of it and, and just take the necessary precautions. Yeah, totally agree. And, you know, I've told you this before and I've told the audience before that uh, I have no doubt that the uh, – the casinos and the hotels in Vegas will put out the best of the best as far as protection for their, uh, not only employees, but their guests, right? It's so I think it's the hand washing, yeah. yeah, yeah, the hand washing stations, the masks, the sanitization, all of that stuff is extremely important. And, and everybody knows who knows me knows that the most thing I'm feared about is the, uh, the area outside the casinos because that's something that's difficult to control right. and it starts from Toshiba Plaza and it moves all the way down the strip. And that's what Vegas is. It's people, it's right. excitement, it's interaction. That's, that's the way it is. So let's just hope that we're able to control the, uh, the, the virus. And, and, you know, uh, we're seeing it here in, in Arizona right now where uh, from Memorial day on, we've seen rising cases and a lot of it I think is coming from just people got a little overzealous and uh, and got out and got into 
situations where uh, it led to the spread. So, all right, enough of my soapbox on the spread. <laughs> As we do every week in uh, June and July, we've got a prize pack from Summer Skates to uh, to give away, and it, it's based on a, a trivia question. And and I gave Stephen a, a little task today. I said uh, we want to do an ASU one tonight. We did UNLV last uh, week, so. Go ahead and fire away the trivia question for this week, Stephen, using the hashtag pucks on the pod. Go to at IceTimeSW on Twitter, respond with that, and uh, we will pick a winner. Okay, I get to do my uh, game show voice here. Here's, <laughs> here is the question. What former Sun Devil club player is the son of a current Arizona Coyotes coach? Ah, that one is a good one. I will give you a hint as well. That former Sun Devil club hockey player is also a coach at the junior level in northern Minnesota. So uh, think about that. Uh, he played club hockey here three years ago. Now he's uh, coaching the junior team in northern Minnesota. Um, I think coaching might be in the blood of this family, but send us that, uh, that answer to hashtag pucks on the pod at IcetimeSW. And, uh, and we'll pick a winner, get you a nice prize pack from uh, our friends at Summer Skates. Before we go, Stephen, a uh, couple things I want to touch on ACHA-wise. Uh, we, we talked about the teams and coming in. We already know the schedule for UNLV. I'm sure we will get ASU, U of A, and uh, Grand Canyon very soon so we can have their uh, coach and a player in to uh, recap and relive, the, or relive, I guess, forecast the schedule for us can't relive it if it hasn't happened yet but we'll uh we'll get them in and, and talk about it throughout the rest of uh, june and july when they're comfortable releasing that full schedule but in the meantime i know that the head coach at grand canyon danny roy has been working extremely hard uh building locker rooms and i said holy cow how many people you got working at locker room? He said, I'm doing it myself. And I'm going, like, you've got to be kidding me. You are building locker rooms and bathrooms and everything. Uh, it's amazing. He's put pictures up on Instagram. So shout out to the head coach at Grand Canyon, Danny Roy, for the hard work that he's putting in. I promise we're going to get there and, uh, and do a little interview and, and talk about that hopefully very soon. So shout out to Danny Roy there. The other thing, Stephen, that I want to bring up is uh, I had a chance to get out to Behind the Mask for their annual goalie day on oh, Saturday. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I saw that on little, uh, your YouTube. Yeah, yeah, put it up on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fun getting out there because um, the people were so excited this year just to get out and do that. Normally what happens on that, Stephen, is they, uh, they do a goalie demo day on the ice at uh, AZ Ice Arcadia on Friday night for a couple of hours where people can try the pads on on the ice. And uh, then Saturday morning, they open up the doors and they have the reps uh, there from all the different companies. They had six different company reps, different company reps there this year. And uh, the people were going crazy. I mean, Randy Exelby, the, uh, the owner at Behind the Mask, told me that he had a, uh, a son and a mother drive from Bakersfield, California, eight hours to go over and get their wow. goalie pads. So it, it's a big deal. I know the... Uh, the reps like it. They they always tell me it uh, it starts at ten, but people are lined up out the door at about eight o'clock, uh, waiting to get in. So and the weather was nice. The stuff. weather was nice there too, right? <laughs> yeah, it was ninety five degrees as opposed well, to the one fifteen that we yeah, could have had. That. that was good. Yeah, absolutely. So you gotta love that. But the the beauty of it is is that hockey is slowly coming back. The NHL players that we saw in Vegas and Arizona. Tomorrow, the Arizona guys will actually hit the ice in small groups. Uh, Vegas has been out, uh, I think, all week in small groups. So I believe so, yeah. That's exciting. Um, hopefully, we'll get some real hockey games going on here before too long. But in the meantime, we'll keep talking about it and passing it on. You got anything in your mind in the next four minutes that you want to throw out there that we need to know about in uh, ACHA hockey? Uh, well, I mean, you know, you talked about the, the, the Golden Knights real quick. I believe uh, – some of the awards, uh, one of the awards was uh, now the nominees, and I think Shea Theodore was nominated for a, an, a, an award. Obviously, he's he battled, uh, the, he battled the Bill cancer. Masterson. Yep, the Bill yeah. Masterson Award. You bet. He battled uh, cancer. He, you know, he had had the earlier this or uh, before the season started, was able to get that removed. So thankful for that. And uh, so that's uh, congratulations to him for being nominated for that award. And and. Uh, yeah, we saw some small groups of uh, 
players uh, for the Golden Knights out on the ice. Uh, wasn't open to the public, of course, not open to the media. The video was released by the, the team, so that was the way the video got out. So, um, you know, but at least we're getting – you're right, we're getting there. We're making uh, we're making progress. Um, yeah. You know, I wanted, I wanted to focus – you know, we've been talking about Arizona State hockey. And I, you know, we talked about the, the draft pick, the Major League Baseball draft this morning. I know this is a hockey show, but, but you know, <laughs> quite frankly <laughs> – you know, this. You know, quite frankly, we need something to talk about. I saw this uh, picture uh, somebody shared that the MLB Network put up a graphic of some notable draft picks from Arizona State. And, you know, it kills me to talk so highly of Arizona State, but but you know, they they, they are they have a high reputation and, and they they do they are a good school and you get a lot of successful people, athletes, and other people that come out from there. The, the media school is really good. You see a lot of a lot of great people that go through the media uh, school there. They go on to have successful careers and. And uh, but you look, I was looking at this uh, this graph that they put up. So here's some notable draft picks from Arizona State from baseball. Uh, yeah, Jason Jason Kipnis. Let me know if you heard any of these players. Jason Kipnis, 2009, second round oh, yeah. in Cleveland. <laughs> Dustin Pedroia, 2004, yeah, oh, with the Red Sox. <laughs> Andre Ethier picked the second round, 2003, Oakland. Barry Bonds, I think we've heard of him, right? <laughs> right. 1985, uh, sixth overall pick from Pittsburgh. And then you have Reggie Jackson, who I'm sure people have heard of. 1966 and uh, second overall pick, and then Rick Monday, the uh, being a great pitcher for the uh, for the Dodgers, or not pitcher, I just wasn't a pitcher, but 1965, uh, first first overall pick. So uh, it's kind of interesting, you know. And, you, and you, is it the guy to, the guy today that was drafted, the Tor- Torkelson, and uh, so Spencer it's kind of Torkelson, yeah, absolutely. Torkelson. So a lot of great uh, talent coming out of Arizona State. UNLV, we talk, want to talk about UNLV baseball. They've had some great talent come out of of, of UNLV. Uh, yeah, Matt Williams uh, played here. Played at UNLV. Um, you didn't have Chris Bryant didn't play at UNLV, but obviously played high school baseball here. Uh, obviously Bryce Harper, the, the prodigy at the time. You know he he played his high school base. He played college. Uh, he played CSM, which is a community college. So you know he. So we've had some great talent come for baseball. And again, you know this is, this is a hockey show, but but it's kind of assuming you know well, baseball draft was on tonight, and it's just talk about some great baseball talent from Arizona State and, and UNLV and Vegas. Has had some has produced some great baseball talent over the years as well. I'm going to transition that in and say uh, it won't be long. As, as Coach Green told us, there's a couple of uh, coaches from Europe that are looking at players to play professional hockey. We already know Cody Williams went to France yeah, and, right. and played professional hockey. So I'm going to make this bold leap, Stephen, and say that in the next few years we're going to see a rise of uh, ACHA players getting opportunities to play professional hockey somewhere so yeah. as coach powers likes to always tell me every time i see him we need more stalls at the d1 level uh it, we're happy that uh the program has been saved down at huntsville we're happy that uh, long island university is coming on board at ncaa hockey but ultimately we want to take that next step in the desert southwest and get some more teams at ncaa hockey as well and as coach powers will also tell you the way you do that is you win at the acha level so uh, first and foremost, I'm looking forward to an exciting season this year just to see what our teams here in the Desert Southwest can yeah. do nationally. And hopefully we get one of them to win that national championship this year and uh, and start making some moves. So, Well, the other positive thing, too, is uh, the, the athletes for UNLV uh, in, like, football and the other sports, uh, they got the okay to start going back on campus and working out again and to start doing stuff like that. So everything's moving in a positive direction that the, uh, the athletics – should take off hopefully uh you know the next month or so would be key months to know about how the ACHA season might play out and how that might look and, and again we got to remain optimistic that everything can go forward and uh and move forward of course there's a concern the virus could spike again in the fall so we'll, we'll look at that but but hopefully you know we, we know enough about it that we can we can combat it and and, and at least truck through it and be and, and be safe if there's flare-ups we're able to contain them and it won't get to the extent of where where we had earlier this this spring, so that's what we got to hope for as we move forward right. in the next few months. I'm going to have you wrap it up one more time with repeating that pucks mm-hmm. hashtag pucks on the pod trivia question. It's an ASU one tonight, so uh, right. ASU fans, if you're listening, uh, pipe up, get your chance to win a uh, summer skates prize pack by using hashtag pucks on the pod at uh, Ice Time SW. Also, want to let you know that our podcasts are available across the platforms. Uh, six different platforms, Podbean, obviously, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and iHeartRadio. You can find us by searching ITHSW Podcast. Stephen, take it away with the, uh, the question one more time. And no excuses there. There's, you know, we're, we're every, the show's everywhere now. There's no excuse to 
you know, where you can't get the show on your on your phone or device or whatever. But here's the question one more time. Okay, the game show voice once again. <laughs> what former Sun Devil Club player is the son of a current Arizona Coyotes coach? Uh, again, we want you to answer that. Hashtag pucks on the pod on at Ice Time SW. You got it, my friend. Uh, for for Scott Strandy here in Scottsdale, Arizona, Stephen Marsh up in Las Vegas, Nevada. Have a great week. We'll be back with you again next Wednesday night for another episode of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Until then, Roger Klein, the Peacemaker, is going to take us away with a little De Niro. Have a great night. and have, Stay safe, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.